relevant because you're talking about a guy that in playoffs in his career, when he has gone to a playoff, he is 14 and one mm -hmm. between the PGA Tour, the European Tour. That is insane. That is more than a statistical outlier. Yeah, you're right. That speaks to something different. 12 months ago, would you have used that stat? No. So you're just like, you're back on the juice because Tiger had a pretty good year. <laughs> well, I think that that's a pretty fair reason to be back on the juice because Tiger showed that A, he can walk, and B, he can win the Tour Championship. Well, it's Tiger Phil week. It's Dylan and Sean in the podcast studio. That's pretty typical. What's atypical about this is we have a third person with us. Luke Curdenine. What's up, guys? How are you? <laughs> you have been on staff, what, for? About six weeks now. Six wow. weeks. I know. Are you, are you one of those guys that, like, in the beginning part of a relationship is counting things in weeks? I'm like the guy in Shawshank Redemption, you know, carving the thing, carving the ones on the wall. <laughs> You know, getting a little spoon and cut. Yeah, that, that's me every day. You've been around the block for us a little bit. You were just hanging out at the RSM. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the RSM, I was down there earlier this week getting some stuff for the magazine, and the website. Got, got, it, it, it's so low stakes that I wouldn't count it as an exclusive, but I talked to Jason Duffner about his arm anchoring technique, which, Sean, I know you just oh adore. This was breaking news. This was breaking news. Uh, but we should clarify, Luke is our new managing editor of Instruction. And he is a, sort of a faux European presence on staff. He, I don't think he's faux. Well, I think he's, he's pretty much from pretty the damn south. Real he's, about it. He's basically from <laughs> South Carolina, but yeah. he was technically born across the pond. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I was born in New York, so the plot the oh, plot thickens. Right. Born in New York, raised in England, then <laughs> South Carolina in, in college. So. <laughs> Who the hell are you? I know. I've got a weird got a weird route up to New York. Well, enough about you, because this is Tiger and Phil, right? We're talking about the match and whether or not people love this thing, whether or not they hate it, this is what we've got for golf right now, right? This is the off season. We've got nothing else to talk about. So the match, which is a officially recognized as an event on the PGA Tour schedule, like it's getting enough of this hype. Let's talk about the run-up because this is something that people are going to assess in hindsight. Either that was good or it was bad. There's been a lot of good. There's been a lot of bad. What has been good about this match to this point? I thought, kind of thought the way it was rolled out was sort of clever. They they teased it throughout the year before even announcing it. Uh, there was clearly some thought put into this. Them playing together at the Masters in the practice round. Phil kind of teasing it out at the players. Um, just so, the long tease was pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. I, I sort of feel like golf has this habit of hating everything that's slightly different until they realize they like it. Yeah. Like Olympic golf was a classic example. And I even fell into this trap. Like I was such a hater on Olympic golf. And lo and behold, it's this new interesting thing and people actually kind of like it. And I just think it's the same trend going with the match. I mean, if I was Rory McIlroy, like, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. Why is Rory McIlroy rooting for this thing to fail? Like, if He's, this yeah. if this thing succeeds, he gets a payday because he'll be the next in line. Like, he can go to Showtime and be like, hey, I'll take on Justin Thomas. Yet he's dogging it in the press. No, it's spot on. I, Absolutely true. I have no idea. Yeah. yeah. The I, Olympics, I still have some objections about, but... Yeah, the Olympics wasn't perfect, but the point is... It's, it's for a different pod. It's for yeah. a different pod. Yeah. The Olympic takedown can wait another day. But um, I don't know. I've always been... a 
unapologetically like excited about this match i'm a big boxing guy too so i i'm i guess i'm used to the rhythm of like building up to something and i just think it's new and different i mean would we rather not have this or would we rather hmm. have just you know tour event number 73 like i don't know i, I feel like this is fun and different and new and interesting and um i, I just kind of sure it's not the most serious thing in the world and plus you don't even celebrate thanksgiving so i don't like... even celebrate so what am i gonna do instead of <laughs> I think maybe I don't know what do you think the biggest objection to it is it's the pay-per-view thing right it's that people are sort of outraged sure yeah the pay-per-view and the fact they're not both throwing they're up not their putting money a, for this wait a minute we were talking about the good though let's get back on the rails yeah, here you're Luke right, you're right. The what is some of the good part of the oh, okay Sean's saying the 24-7 the 24-7 was awesome I thought it was just a good show and, and, and we haven't really seen Phil and Tiger like we haven't seen Phil in that context really before like just straight up trash talking for private like, plane but yeah, exactly. yeah um it's new it, it, i think it's potentially good for the game of golf if we want to go that route in the sense that this is a whole new potential revenue stream for guys right like this the off it's, we all talk about how the wraparound is sort of a semi-off season doesn't really get anybody excited if this thing takes off or has any modicum of success Rory's going to want a piece of it. Justin Thomas is going to want a piece of it. Spieth is going to... And we could be seeing a situation where it's like, you know, Shell's wonderful world of golf 2.0, which were huge back in the day. I mean, it's, it's, it's worth remembering that the reason why the PGA of America has the Ryder Cup is because the PGA Tour opted for Shell's wonderful world mm -hmm. of golf rights over the Ryder Cup because mm -hmm. that was so a bigger funny. deal at the time. But it died at some point. It did die. So I don't, why did it I die? don't quite know how but what i do know is that we got some awesome match like we got the hogan sneed matchup out of it there was those were guys were both past their prime um and it was still wildly entertaining so um yeah I, i'm excited the I, hype the hype vids have also been good the hype vids now i say hype yes. i mean like looking back at the careers of these guys one particular video was very exciting which is just like watching tiger and phil come up and recognize each other stake their place within the game and then own the game however other hype vids have been awful yeah not even necessarily hype just lame these these videos of tiger and phil playing beer pong or, or looking at funky golf swings just such contrived videos that there's no need for because the body of work of these two guys <laughs> speaks for itself look they could have just run uh some quick commentary from these guys now just talking about moments that they've had in their careers and that would have been plenty stick to what's actually happened stick to a little basic trash talk but look these guys are not comedians they're not going to be making like viral bleacher report one minute videos it just that's there's no reason that they should have gone so far down that road and i think it really helped turn people off when they're already ready to be like out on this thing yeah, I almost think they maybe have gotten the, the way they're marketing this is like with a slightly comical bent to it, right? Like, yeah, I don't yeah. like that, and I don't like that either, and I don't fully understand why that's the direction it's going. Like, to me, the most enticing part is sure it's new and interesting and different. There's this gambling element which is exciting, but like we haven't really seen a high stakes Tiger Phil match yeah. up ever. Right? It gives it a little desperation, like that the match itself isn't good enough TV or isn't going to be enough to sell it. You have to do these wacky things to, to somehow get people interested. I think people's natural inclination would be to be 
interested in this. It's just well, remember how it was first received? Shipnuck breaks the story. Yeah, and it goes out everywhere. CNN, ESPN, freaking everywhere. That's people are interested. Yes, they have just a couple times undercut themselves with certain decisions along the way that have made people less interested. For sure. And you're literally starting with a platter of gold and you've just kind of Luke, spit on it a couple times. Yeah, like Luke was saying, people are so resistant to change in the golf world. But this, you know, beneath the surface, this is not something brand new. This is a, a made for TV golf match, one on one match play. In some ways, it's like the simplest form of golf. You know, people should like this. People should be interested in this. It's just, you know, they've screwed a couple things up about it. And I think they will. I on, I mean, maybe we'll get to this. I honestly think yes. that when all is said and done, like the pay-per-view numbers won't be that bad. And it's worth noting that not that many people, relatively speaking, have to buy this thing in order for it to be a success, right? Like, Yeah. I don't even have a general sense, though, of what sort of numbers they're expecting. I mean, do you like, know as like a boxing guy? Like Canelo Alvarez. Do you guys know mm-hmm. Canelo? Like, yep. So, you know pretty big guy not the biggest guy if he, like 500,000 people will buy like one of his sort of low uh, like low key fights who is the right? canelo alvarez of the pga tour what's that equivalent like uh i don't know who's like a next run like not 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 i'd probably say like a more uh, higher than tommy fleetwood is ricky it's, fowler yeah like a ricky fowler is probably a good comparison okay yeah. i wouldn't say he's like a speed Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe a speed last year. Yeah, <laughs> so the, the tricky comparison though is just that people can get Ricky Fowler elsewhere. Yeah, you're not getting Canelo Alvarez elsewhere. Yeah, you get right? it twice a year. Yeah, that's true. So there's like, you know, the thirst aspect that boxing has. But boxing about all it has. It's also a lot more expensive though. So they leverage that up, right? Because mm-hmm. like a fight's fifty bucks or a hundred bucks. Um, it was made with a pack. Yeah, this is twenty dollars. Like, I. I've spent twenty dollars today in New York. I forget what I've spent. You know, it's just like you you walk out the door and you spent twenty dollars on something. Yeah, you're right though. I do think that that is part of it though, and partly why some of these hype videos have been weird is that, you know, you want this to still be teased out a little bit. Part of what's intriguing about it is that we don't see these guys in this format for as much access as we get to athletes nowadays. Phil, to some extent, and Tiger still completely is like one of the most uh inaccessible you know he controls his image more than any other athlete that i can think of he's a robot he it, well he presents himself as a robot yeah i think he's a robot you think he just is that way so it just I doesn't even just matter is. i think he just is anyway th- part of what they should be selling is look here is this access to these guys and there's just no need to cheapen it and and, and it's just the opposite of playing hard to get what they've been doing all right well let's talk about them and in, in the match dylan we're going to have a, someone make the case for Tiger and someone make the case for Phil. Who would you like? I will take Tiger Woods. Okay, How Tiger, you, it's you all s- yours. You start with Mr. Phil Mickelson. It sounds like you're not prepared. I will gladly start with Phil. Um, the case for Phil begins actually, obviously, with Tiger and the fact that I think Tiger's going to be uncomfortable. I think that Tiger is not obviously, obviously not used to being mic'd up. He's used to cussing left and right. He's used to having these quiet conversations with his caddy. And Phil is a more of a showman. He's always talking for the camera. He winks at the camera. He thinks he's the smartest person in the room. He is more of a showman than Tiger. And in this match, I think that helps him to be the showman. He's not afraid to be embarrassed necessarily. 
I think that he, more than Tiger, has that kind of looseness to him that cameras and the attention is going to at least make Tiger a little bit more uncomfortable. Beyond that, which of these two plays Tuesday money games? Phil Mickelson is the most famous Tuesday money game player probably in the history of the game. He's used to these moments. And now I'm not saying that Tiger doesn't play money matches, but Phil does all the time. And he's good at it. And any, any of the guys that he plays with tell you, Phil will just cocky, 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 just beat you down. And all of a sudden, he's like he's up two with two to play, and he beats you. So I like that. Similarly, Tiger Woods, last time you saw him playing golf, Paris. And he was dreadful. And I'm not here to say that Phil was better, but Tiger was bad. And he was spent. But where was Tiger in the, like, the last month? We have no idea how this guy looks. He looked great in Atlanta, but he looked like in Paris. And I just don't really think that that automatic connection can be made between what Tiger was in September and what he is now in November. What's the course like out of curiosity? I have no uh, context on the on the course itself. There are like evergreen trees. Like this place was built up out of the dirt by some, I don't even know who built it. That being said, like Tiger can't afford to be errant. Like that's why I think he succeeded to start in the Bahamas is that you can kind of blow it around the Bahamas a little bit, pretty wide fairways. Anything, anything beyond that's just dirt. This is not exactly the most forgiving. Hmm. I think Phil will have a better game plan than Tiger. Well, having visited the course, having done it recently, I think he comes up with better strategy. Tiger's kind of have to be like working his way out there while he's out there. All right. Well, let me lay out. Oh, and I think it. I think it's Steve Wynn. I think it's Wynn's like private project okay. that he made with Tom Fazio. They built up a ton of like waterfalls. There's a yeah. big wall around it. I think it's you have to stay at a at an MGM hotel to yes. get limoed out there for a round. I don't know how spectacular the course itself is, but there's definitely a lot of the like, locker intrigue room. The rock. It. The locker room is what's dope. I mean, but presidents, Michael Jordan, every famous like golfer with any kind of money is a locker there i think to my point i think that tiger woods is an obvious 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 favorite to win this thing he's a better golfer sure he is a better golfer yeah you're you don't even have to make your fill case if you're just going to agree that tiger's going to win but yeah because the better golfer always wins look statistically this should be just about a coin flip these guys are both very good golfers tiger is a little bit better than phil right now and historically but I think there's more to it than that because take a look at Tiger's ability to close. I know that what he has done 15, 20 years ago might not seem super relevant right it's, now. It's actually irrelevant. It's not irrelevant. It's still not irrelevant because you're talking about a guy that in playoffs in his career, when he has gone to a playoff, he is 14 and one mm -hmm. between the PJ tour, the European tour. That is insane. That is more than a statistical outlier. Yeah, you're right. That speaks to something different. 12 months ago, would you have used that stat? No. So you're just like, you're back on the juice because Tiger had a pretty good year. <laughs> well, I think that that's a pretty fair reason to be back on the juice because Tiger showed that A, he can walk, and B, he can win the Tour Championship, limited nearly field. win a whole bunch of other <laughs> limited field. God. Um, we're talking about the best golfer of all time and a guy who has shown an ability to rise to the occasion pretty much every time he's been in a one-on-one -on -one situation. Mm -hmm. I, I do think this Except for playing John Rahm in the Ryder Cup. 
That's not really a one-on-one situation. It wasn't. It's a little funky. The Ryder Cup's different. And by the way, his his match play one-on-one record in the Presidents Cup Ryder Cup still very good. You know, I think this the, look the, upset the, right now. The, Go ahead. The strongest. You're upset. Go ahead. The strongest point Sean made was uh, as the as the intermediary in in this in this divorce battle. Um, uh, I, I guess I side with Phil simply because a he's been better on the greens this year. Like he's he's been an awesome he's been an awesome putter, and I think that stuff sort of pays dividends in one on one matches. But but I think the comfort zone thing is a big deal, right? Like when we talk about Tiger's playoff record, which is undeniably awesome. Uh, he's locked in. He's not talking to anyone. He's he's and you know the way Tiger focuses. He's he he's heads down and just like focusing on the shot at hand. There are this is an entertainment event. Like he's not he, he producers aren't going to uh, allow him to do that. He mm-hmm. he's going to be he's he's going to be required to sort of engage with his surroundings, to trash talk, to take bets and maybe Tiger does this stuff all the time and we just don't know, but to me that is that comfort zone thing that Phil will effectively be able to snap him out of his tiger-like focus. I do. I think that, that is going to be really interesting to watch. But I, I think there's going to be a point where it snaps out of being like, oh, such buddy, a fun buddy. thing, and it might be pretty fast. It might be almost immediate once they actually start playing, because these guys are much more comfortable being competitors on the golf course than they are being hams. Yeah, that's especially true. Tiger. Neither of us are right. You said it earlier. You flip a coin between these two guys, it, the coin's probably a little more favored toward Tiger, but over 100 flips, Tiger's probably winning 55 times, right? Something like that. The, Maybe closer to I'm not to 60. sure I can concede that. The one thing, too, that's worth noting that is why I'm not more confident on Phil is that, I mean, I hate to say it because I've always been a Phil guy, but that dude's shown signs of age last yeah. year. Like, he putted the best, his career year in putting, and he was, like, racking up top 15s like not top 10 like he, he really wasn't putting together a good season his swing speed is slowed his driving distance is slowed and he's not a straight driver anyway like these are classic signs of a guy who's getting old um and he's relying on an amazingly hot putter just to kind of stay in and around the mix right like that's just the br- maybe maybe he finds a way to uh mitigate these problems but we're just not sure, I guess, what the new normal is for Phil, is what I'm trying to say. Because I do think Tiger Woods, even though, yes, he only won one limited field event, he is clearly the better player at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the one thing, I'll dive off my Tiger uh, horse for a second to say the one thing that concerns me is that one party is clearly more invested um, <laughs> in preparing for this match, yeah. and that would be Phil. Uh, Tiger playing medalist, prepping on Bermuda greens and Florida weather, it does strike me as a very different experience. The ball is going to probably fly further. Uh, the greens are, I don't know what the Shadow Creek greens are, but I imagine they're not going to be as grainy as things would be in Florida. Um, strikes me as the robotic way of going about doing things. Well, it strikes me as the way of guys that's got young kids and you know lives a little further away from Vegas. And uh, Fair. It's so funny, this 24-7 thing, like, as revealing as it was and as different as it did sound, it still was so on Tiger's terms, the the sides of him that he showed. You didn't get Tiger at his house. You didn't get him like on the way to the course. You got him, you know, driving around medalist for a few holes <laughs> and you know, walking through his shots. He didn't even bring a rangefinder. 
Just cause that was how much he prepped for this thing. I'd like to add one more. We were talking about the good and the bad. One more thing is both of these dudes on, on social media. Oh, yeah. Like Ty, Phil's Twitter account was That's born. been a big turnoff. It was bo- born out of this. Like it would be better if he just didn't have social media. At this point, yeah. for the sake of the match, if we were just waiting for like Bleacher Report to release something instead of having Phil's take on Mark Wahlberg's swing and yeah, you, you're a lefty, so you're good. Yeah, you're right. The, it's that mystique factor that's pretty rare be, with everyone being on social media. But these are two guys that definitely still have a little bit of it, and it's eroding. Yeah, and you, you also, I feel like, have to remember, too, to this point, is that one of the reasons they're doing this with Tiger and why they're doing this at all is because they think they can get a lot of casual sports fans to buy it, mm-hmm. right? And to casual golf fans who may not know the whole context of this, one of the reasons why they get hyped for fights and may get hyped for this is because of that animosity, right? Like, oh, Team Tiger. Like, oh, Tiger hates Phil. Like, sure, golf fans know that's not really true anymore and this and that. But, like, in every, with every tweet, with every stupid little video where they're sort of hamming it up together a little bit, talking about how good friends they are, that sort of erodes the image that you're trying, like, the match to create, right? You're trying to build in some animosity into this pro into this process which i feel like is getting eroded another thing that on the the 24 7 is like you've got these guys maybe being a bit more emotional with their feelings toward each other um which is great but then like if you're trying to you know they're trying to needle each other at the same time and all tiger says is just like look at the w's I know this Look is what, at the, the number 80. This That's is, all he comes back this to. This is what I was saying the other day with Dylan is that his, his like Tiger's trash talk is so subtle. It's right? the same. It's just like, look at the scoreboard. Like, <laughs> oh, I think I've done pretty good. Like he'll say stuff like that. Or And and we saw a bit of that. I thought the weakest part of the 24-7 show was Tiger Woods on the course. Like we got nothing. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, oh, get right. Uh Short, yeah, short game. Like yeah. that that's all we got from Tiger. Wind into a little out of the left. You're yeah, like, it's okay. Like, really? This is this is what we're gonna be getting. <laughs> Greatest player of all time sounds exactly like, like a Luke robot. Would. <laughs> Just like, like Luke would going a into a shot. Robot. <laughs> a lot of shade. One little tidbit for you guys before the redesign in two thousand eight, Tiger Woods held the course record at Shadow Creek. Because I think he used to Ooh. hang out there. Used if, to hang out there a bit during his, his Vegas days. Before the redesign. And uh, that was before the redesign. Tiger shot 60. Dicey. 60. Can we talk about how that is a very real uh, factor in play here? Is that one guy just getting hot and just <laughs> winning the match equivalent? Or the opposite of, of that. Or, well, but like, or Phil being dreadful. But yeah. <laughs> a runaway match here, I have, n- I'm, I have no idea how they're going to handle that, right? Because like, there's such a big prize <laughs> on the line. It, it could just... What about Phil just going full tilt on pay-per-view TV and just pressing, pressing, pressing? <laughs> I mean, I know we're going to get to our dreams for the match, but that's got to be at the top for me. No, you're totally right. I, I, While recording this podcast, I've thought, hmm, you know, the match number two, if Phil gets worked, he's not going to get invited back, you know? <laughs> like, both these guys have to do their part and make it entertaining. If Tiger loses and just kind of doesn't have a good time, he probably doesn't have any interest in doing it again either. Yeah, my, my take, and I know you guys probably agree with this, is that they need to have undercards on this thing because that way you're not relying oh, on the yeah. match. Um, Wouldn't you sit around and just kind of watch it all? Like, yeah. it, like, think about it this way. 
we the the WGC match play is pretty entertaining because you know who's playing against who and you can kind of follow the match but also lose track of it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. If you had I know this is like dream scenario, but if you had JT versus Spieth and Rory versus Ricky. Or like a battle of the sexes or like an amateur versus a Lexi pro. versus Michelle. Yeah. Or anything like that. Happening like they play the front nine and then Tiger and Phil tee off. Yeah. Like, I do think you I think you do need some space with it. It's because, like NFL Sunday. Yeah. Because Games dude, ending. You can have enough, I know what you mean by the space because you need to capture that. I just think, it, you know. But you could have four matches on the course and do that. You like. could have four matches. Yeah. I think maybe that's a good number because the Ryder Cup is sick. That Ryder Cup singles Sunday. But you don't get the feeling of, you know. There's too many matches. You don't get the feeling that you're watching every match intimately in that same way. Where if there are just three or four matches out there you would be able to check in be like oh here this is happening there's gonna be a lot of dead time in this thing yeah yeah they're gonna have to rely on trash talk for it and if tiger's not really like uh right killing it in that department that's what we've seen with the lead up is that their strongest stuff is when they lean on the past they lean on history they lean on what has happened on the course rather than on these guys hamming it up for the camera well let's talk about like potential prop prop bets because this is a big gambling thing. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully they like hopefully everything that has been promised in the press releases actually becomes true. Hopefully Charles Barkley is actually placing bets from the broadcast studio and hopefully it's being discussed if Tiger is going to get inside of 10 feet on the next par 3. Um a couple other fun prop bets. I don't want to guarantee, but I feel like these are at least great plays and that's just shirt color. I think Phil's going black for sure. He's got these black Mizzen and Main shirts. Black has always been Phil's thing. Ever since he gave that weird interview before the last day of the Masters, uh, like probably six years ago, where he talked about black as the color of aggression. And studies have that. shown that, you know, teams that wear black or play more aggressively. I think he's wearing black. Right now I'm looking at Odd Shark, which has that listed at plus 250. So that's a decent return on your money, even though white is still the favorite, I guess, People maybe think he could sell more white Miz and Main shirts. I get that. Black plus two fifty, good value. Tiger. Yeah, you know, I just did a little research. Yeah. The color of aggression is allegedly red orange. Yeah. Just what the internet says. Well, so look, yeah, I'm feels, not, feels you, all over the you place. You don't have to fact check Phil to me. I'm just saying that it's what <laughs> Phil thinks. Tiger Woods is going to wear red. No. Made for TV. Made for TV event. It's not that it's not a Sunday. I know that's what you're gonna say. It's a final round thing for him. This is the final round. It's the first, middle, and last round of this thing. He's gonna wear red. He has worn red on non Sunday days. If tournaments have finished on Mondays, yeah. he has worn red. This will be a Friday. But look, this is Tiger Woods. He will be wearing red and black. You can get that for plus three hundred, three to one odds. That's crazy to me. I mean, he's worn red on Monday of the U.S. Open playoff, right? And yeah. to me, this that's the same predicament. I, I think that it is good odds. That being said, I think you're going to feel like an idiot when he wears pink and you're like, oh, damn, I bet on Tiger's shirt color. God, I don't think he's going <laughs> to wear pink. You think? I don't – I would not see that. I mean – I, I could see him doing some some cop out where he's wearing like a black shirt with he's some stripes, a lot of, a lot of some pink red trim. Yeah, he has worn quite a bit of pink. I don't know. I mean, 
Look, running down the odds, it's red is plus 300, white is plus 300, black is plus 450, but then you take the field. Any other color is actually the favorite. That's plus 150. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right, Dylan. I think he he probably does wear red. Thank you. But that being said, three to one, book if, it. If he doesn't, it'll just piss people off. It'll piss off our listeners once they put down some the, All right. The thing Euros. that always worries me about bets like that is that they're fully predicated, like they're fully predicated on uh, insider knowledge in many ways, right? Mm-hmm. Like, are we really saying this match isn't happening in Vegas? And like, I don't know. We should send an email to Tiger's crew. Will he be wearing red? Wow. Off the record. We got to off the record, of course. <laughs> we got to cut this part. All right, Sean. What are your fun props? Over under 1.5 times that Charles Barkley used the word terrible. Terrible. I couldn't even understand what you T-R-B-L, said at first. T-R-B-L, terrible. Before I answer this, I forgot to mention this has been my favorite part of the lead up is Barkley and Tiger on their TNT show on Thursday night going back and forth and Chuck giving him some grief about his hair. Yeah. And look, you see Bald guys do this all the time. Nothing <laughs> makes a bald guy more happy they than to see someone else like <laughs> struggling, descending. <laughs> and so Charles was join like, us. First of all, I'm fascinated. I don't know what the current state of Charles and Tiger's relationship is because I know they were super, super tight, and then they went years without speaking to each other. I'm not going to speculate on where they are now, but it was certainly interesting seeing them going back and forth on TNT. And then Chuck clearly felt comfortable enough to give him some grief, and. uh Tiger didn't really know how to take it, but he at least was laughing, and he seemed like he was genuinely laughing, yeah. which you don't see that often. And then Chuck went after Spieth's hairline too, which at age 25, that feels like a it's, little aggressive. It's kind of brutal for radio TV hosts that are pretty well-known figures to be just slandering the hairline of a 24-year-old. <laughs> that must suck to be Jordan. Brutal. But I will take the over in your prop bet. Okay. Um Luke, does Phil Mickelson say hellacious seed again like he did in the 24-7 on HBO? He's going I mean, to. you think he's going to? I would say no, but the thing that's tripping me up is that Phil, I think at this point, has a track record of trolling, right? Of yeah. just straight trolling people. Um, he said he's going to do the worm on the green if he wins after the match. Like... Uh, if, I would if, subscribe to so, watch it. So I, I got I got I guess I'm going to back Phil's uh, record of trolling at this point and say yes. Before or after the third hole for the first cuss word said on the course? Oh, before. Yeah, but I feel like they're going to get that one out of the way early. Like it, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like the third hole, first fairway. Honestly, yeah. that's one of these things that they are ready for. They're like, oh, we can swear. Even Tiger in his walk around on the course at medalist in the 24 seven he even said shit which seems like he would have not said that <laughs> intentionally Phil. shit yeah yeah <laughs> it's like he doesn't know how to swear we might not see f-bombs like quickly but we're gonna hear some sort of curse word early it almost feels like they're the two sort of nerdy kids in high school who are like finally they can swear they're like away from their parents they're like shit <laughs> <laughs> i mean we've seen plenty of of tiger swearing over the years but like think about how preposterous it would be for like uh in a, like a, a basketball player to say like is there gonna be swearing shit yeah <laughs> come on like, it, it was just God, fair point you just made me cringe just yeah. thinking about that all right let's talk about our dream scenarios i want tim mickelson and joey lacava to like get pissed at each other i mean both of these dudes 
when you're a caddy, as I would know, you're kind of on the lower rung of the golf course society, but you're still integral. So like they're mic'd up. They're integral enough to this broadcast. But does Joey LaCava slander Phil's swing? Does does Tim Mickelson say something like, Tiger, you're not that good? It is funny. We haven't seen or heard anything from the caddies in this lead up. And as unlikely as Tiger seems to be a part of this at all, LaCava seems that much more unlikely because this is a guy that he's given a couple interviews, but he really flies under the radar. He's like the anti Steve Williams in that way. You know, he's just sort of keeping things smooth wherever he can as Tiger's caddy. So maybe this is a big chance to show off some personality. He's willing to talk when Tiger plays well. He is. Yeah. He is. Yeah. Um, he talked at the Bahamas. He talked after the PGA. You know, only when Tiger's peaking and smiling does it Joey feel like, yeah, I can talk a little bit. Uh, my dream scenario for the match is that at some point fairly early in the back nine, Tiger misses a short putt that Phil sort of wages him on. Made because him take. I don't care. Like, that is the point when Tiger ceases caring about all the production value and just gets mm-hmm. pissed off, yeah. right? <laughs> like, could you yeah. imagine him missing like a tough eight footer and Phil having put money on it is just like being Phil and kind of goading him for the gotcha. cameras. Tiger's going to get so pissed off. And I think that at that point we'll be like, oh, oh shit, like Tiger's coming. That is so true that that's what you've got to be hoping for is for this to really get intense and all of a sudden be like, all right, there was all this buildup, all this fluff, and now it's for real. Yeah, it's This fun. is what we wanted. This is what we were hoping for. I do hope we see some presses early on, maybe a quick two-down press, and just have the uh, the stakes just instantly get raised. I think Phil needs to get up early, like just for sustenance, to, to, to get this thing closer and closer to the 18th hole. I think that'll be we the know. most exciting scenario. We know Tiger's the better golfer. Like, Look at this. You've already come around. No, I never said Phil was better. <laughs> I just said that I'm pro him winning this match, and he's got my money as the underdog but i think he needs to get up early get up one or two there's enough tricked up things about this course that there's trouble like there's water and and trees and whatnot if phil plays a pretty sound game to start just 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 to see tiger just kind of get on edge a little bit see that's what we need we need some animosity there and i think that the way uh that gets injected into this match is if Tiger gets annoyed. Like, I just can't see any... Uh, he, he's annoyed that he's down. He's annoyed that he missed a putt that meant more than usual. And I think that that's the way this thing's going Well, be. here's the thing. We don't have any evidence that these guys actually are friends, right? At the end of the day. Dylan has been skeptical about their friendship since April. Yeah. You know why? Because I listened to Michael Bamberger above almost all people. And he has been on that boat for a while. I've just... Look, these guys played together. Where did they play together? The players... And Bamberger was like, they didn't speak the entire time. There was no interaction <laughs> the whole time. There was some, whoever their third player was was getting like a ten minute ruling, and Bamberger was like, I just couldn't believe it. They didn't talk to each other. So, well, there is. I think there's also an element of projection to your point, right? That golf fans are taking they don't hate each other as they yes. must be friends when those yeah. are actually two very different things. <laughs> yeah, and I, look, I, that's no slight towards them at all. I think that. Any two people that are that competitive, that are that have that much overlap, that much in common, it doesn't even really make sense that they would be best friends. But uh, I do think that we're going to see some of that come out, that there will be some annoyance, some butting of heads, I hope. All right, so I'm giving myself $10 
in this virtual world of gambling. I'm putting it all on Phil, though. Where's your money going in this match? Well, I'm putting uh, $4 on Tiger to wear red. Yep. I'm putting $3 on Phil to wear black. Okay. Both great payouts. And then I'm uh, taking... Get like an alternate line of Tiger yeah. like, minus two and a half I'm holes. looking at Tiger minus one and a half. We'll pay out minus 115. But I'm going to take... I'm going to stick with Tiger Woods minus 200 for my last $3. I'm going to clear a, a nice $1.50 on that bet okay. and take it to the bank. Luke? Just looking at the odds now, Phil's what, plus 170 and Tiger's minus 200. What, I, I, why would you take those odds on Tiger on a one-on-one -on -one match? I'd put probably half Fair of it. Fair question, Dylan. I, I'd probably put half of it on Phil because match play is weird or one-on-one -on -one matchups are weird, so why not? I'd probably put a... I'm kind of looking to see the in-play situation. I think there could be some weird, fun in-play propositions come along. Um, but that said, I'd probably bet on something like, will Phil dance at any point during the match? I think that's, oh. that is a lock of a bet, right? Oh my gosh, this is just, this is going to be painful, but <laughs> we're going to have to watch it, right? Oh, uh, we're going to enjoy it. Once it's started, good or bad, you know, we'll have a review afterwards, but it will be captivating television i guarantee you golf twitter will get going about it and afterwards people are like oh that was actually kind of fun i bet this i bet we'll see one this year i'm not saying we'll see tiger phil or uh phil even in this next year unless he wins because but i bet we'll see match uh, another the match next year the match 2.0 is what that will probably be called this was uh the match podcast 1.0 Stay tuned to everything about it on golf.com. Uh, I know Dylan and myself will be working all day Friday from New York watching it. If anyone else out there in the New York area wants to come hang out with me, I've got a free subscription on the pay-per-view. Hit me up. I'm your host, Sean Zock.